So Nikki, um, you know, I have been in watching a lot of podcasts. I've always watched educational, you know, uh, YouTube videos, and I've never come across the term thought leader ever, not once. And so, you know, I would think I would have because I was I'm into that kind of stuff. So can you explain to me what exactly a thought leader is and why you think that it is important? Absolutely. Well, the best way to describe what a thought leader is, is by drawing a sharp distinction between what's a thought leader and what's an expert. So a couple of uh, folks who've mentored me gave really great explanations of that distinction. One of them is a fellow by the name of Matt Church. He's the founder of Thought Leaders Global in Australia. And he says, an expert is someone who knows something. Mm. Experts are a dime a dozen. There's lots of people who know things. Mm. But a thought leader, a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing something. They're professionally mm. famous. It's the kind of person uh, that you would go after to deal with the situation. So there is a documentary on Netflix called Get Me Roger Stone. And Roger Stone is a political consultant. He has helped put five men in the White House. That's what he's known for, right? Like mm. he helped people like Richard Nixon, Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, George Bush the Younger, and Donald Trump get in the White House. And mm. so this phrase, Get Me Roger Stone, came from the 2000 election when uh, George W. Bush and uh, Al Gore were fighting it out over Florida to see who was going to mm. win Florida's votes and whoever won Florida's votes was going to be in the, the next president, yeah. right? And so the Republican team that worked for George Bush was was uh, headed up by James Baker. James Baker had been Secretary of State, and he he had him huddled around here and going, how are we going to win this? How are we going to make sure our man gets in the White House? Mm. And then all of a sudden he said, I know, get me Roger Stone. Mm. He knew. He called Roger Stone. Roger Stone was going to come up with a plan, and that plan was going to be good, and it was going to be out of the box, and it was going to get them to win, and they were going <laughs> to put George Bush in the presidency. And by golly, he didn't ask himself, how, I wonder how much Roger Stone costs. You know, mm. so maybe I should go interview some other people. No, he said, get me Roger Stone. And Roger Stone came up with an idea. And the idea became known as the Brooks Brothers Riot, where a whole bunch of dudes wearing Brooks Brothers suits started, like, basically protesting outside mm -hmm. the Florida Supreme Court and, and against, you know, certain things that Democrats were trying to do, shenanigans even back then to steal that election and whatnot. And as a result, they stopped that recount, which was an illegal recount, mm -hmm. and George mm -hmm. W. Bush the presidency. So... The point is not whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, whether you like Roger Stone or don't. The point is that Roger Stone was a thought leader. Mm -hmm. Nobody had to go looking to see who we're going to find to try to help us in this situation. Mm -hmm. This was the dude. So in your space, you don't want to be an expert. You want to be Roger Stone. You want to be the thought leader. You want to be the mm -hmm. dude. Get me Roger Stone. And if someone says in your industry, Corey, let's just say you're a business coach. Let's say you help people make a million dollars a year. Corey Figueroa, man, the million dollar man. He's the dude. He's <laughs> the one that gets it done, right? Yeah. If someone's going, I need to make a million dollars this year. 
what should I do? Who should I go speak to? Yeah, let me go and look up look on Instagram and I'll just pick somebody out of the blue. No, he's going to go, get me Corey Figueroa. Get me Corey Figueroa. That's it. That's thought leadership. When people say, yeah. get me Corey Figueroa, you're a thought leader, my brother. How, how does Roger Stone become Roger Stone? Oh, man, that's a whole big story, though, right? Roger Stone was 22 years old when he started working for Richard Nixon. He was part of the Richard Nixon um, re-election team in 72. And mm -hmm. that was pretty darn awesome and impressive that, 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 that he did that. But, um, you know, he started to work for him, and then he worked for, for um, what's his name, uh, uh, Gerald Ford, who was president as well. He worked on a whole bunch of different campaigns. I mean, it was the hard work of learning about his craft and understanding how to win elections that got Roger Stone to be the mm. man that he was into that space. So you got to be thinking about, well, what's going to make me Corey Figueroa? Well, inside mm. the world of thought leadership, that, that's an important question to ask. And I mean, the best way to do it is let me tell you my backstory, Corey. You want to know my backstory. You want to know of who's course, Mickey yes. Maloof? Of course. I'm actually a real <laughs> an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. When I was 11 years old, the Islamic Revolution took place in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. This was not going to be a place to raise his Christian family. Mm. So he made a plan with my mom, and they executed it. And they eventually got us out of Iran. And we settled where I now live, which is in Toronto, Canada. Now, at the mm. time I was 11, I didn't want to leave my home. I definitely didn't mm. want to leave my friends. But it was the mm -hmm. greatest thing my father could have done for me and for my family. He took us from a legacy of tyranny to a legacy of freedom. Mm -hmm. And I've become, as a result of my father's pre-science, man, the greatest champion for freedom the world has ever known. I believe that inside every human breast beats the living heart of freedom. Every single man and woman on earth wants to be able to chart their own course. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to mm -hmm. be told how to do it socialism communism is not for us naturally we want to be free mm -hmm. and i started to see this you know what i mean and that's why i'm so grateful to live in the west to live in a free society and that's why all of us need to stand up for freedom we mm -hmm. cannot allow these people that want to take our freedoms away from us by coming up with scamdemics and forcing people to to <laughs> take care of uh uh of um you know themselves by giving up their freedoms that's bs you know, we mm -hmm. can't allow that sort of thing to happen here. All of us need to stand up for freedom. If you're a business owner, you need to believe in freedom. Without freedom, there's no free expression. Without free expression, there's no free enterprise. Without free enterprise, you don't have the ability to create a business. You believe mm -hmm. in business, you want to make money, you should be a, a freedom lover. You know, Ronald Reagan used to say that back in the day, there were some Vietnamese boat people, brother, and they were picked up by the United States Navy. Because they were going to die. Their boat was going to capsize. And when the Vietnamese came onto that Navy ship, one of the folks on that boat was a little boy. And he looked up at the sailor who pulled him into there. And he said, hello, American soldier. Sailor, sorry. Hello, American sailor. Hello, freedom man. Because he knew that that American mm -hmm. sailor represented freedom. And that's what America has represented throughout its existence. If you're an American, you need to listen to me. You are part of a legacy of freedom for human beings, the greatest single one that the world has ever seen.
Your country was built on freedom. Fight for that freedom. Don't let these people that under stupid, a stupid, moronic lies are trying to convince you that you're bad. Freedom is awesome. Freedom is amazing. Freedom is what allows you to go out there and create a life for your dreams, a business for your dreams. And my mm. father, he understood this, my late father, God rest his soul. He was a believer in freedom, and he was the greatest man I ever knew, Corey. If you knew my dad and you were looking for work, he would sit you down in his office and he would call all his friends and browbeat them till one of them gave you a job. Mm. That's how, that's, that's that. And he'd say, Corey, you're starting in five hours, man. Go. Right. <laughs> and then if you start a business, Corey, he'd sit down with you. He'd plan with you. He'd say, Corey, mm. this is what I'm going to help get you some some capital. I'm going to help get you some clients. And if you were trying to buy a car or a house and you didn't quite have enough money and the bank wouldn't give you any more, he would top you up with a loan that he would never allow you to pay back. Hmm. And you might think to yourself, what? Nikki, who that? Who, who did that, man? Nobody does that. That's a lie, man. You No, no, no. The late, great Napoleon Ballou. That's who he was. That's what he was all about. Hmm. Like, well, why would he do that? Well, first of all, he was a devout Christian. He believed he'd been blessed by God. It was his duty to share those blessings with others. But Corey, mm -hmm. more important than anything, man, was that he could do it because he had the wherewithal. He was rich. He was successful. And he became rich because he would tell me, son, every human being on this planet, they need someone to believe in and someone to show them how to win, show them how to persuade other people. Because remember that person sitting across from you. That's someone's brother. That's someone's son. That's someone's father. Hmm. That's someone's husband. That's someone's wife. That's someone's daughter. That's someone's sister. That's someone's mother. That's a hero to somebody. Mm -hmm. And they've even been basically, Corey, let down by someone just like you who made all kinds of big promises and delivered them nothing. My dad said, it's your job to restore their faith in humanity. Mm -hmm. Life is about people's son. Not about money, not about numbers. Even business is about people. I'm going, Dad, what you talk about business about money, numbers. He goes, no, no, son. Without people, there's no money needed. Mm. In business, solve problems for people. And with that, you get the right, the right, Corey, to earn a profit. Problems for people earn a profit. That's the purpose of business. See a Venn diagram. Problems, people, profit. And where all three intersect the purpose of business. That's what it's all about, Corey. You gotta understand people need to have someone to love them and believe in them. That's first and foremost. They need someone to show them how to be persuasive with their vision and ideas because everyone has a has a purpose. God has given you this purpose. It's your job mm -hmm. to find it out there and make it come alive. And once you have someone to believe in you and someone to show you how to make your purpose come alive. Your life will become magic in the most uncommon of hours. That is my goal. That is what makes Nikki Bulu special. Sure, mm. I'm a man. Sure, I've graduated near the top of my class from Ivy League universities. Sure, I've written 10 books, including two New York Times bestsellers. Sure, I got two top-rated podcasts. Sure, I'm an erudite, cerebral, intellectual man. All those things are great. But what really makes me special, brother, is that I love on people, I believe in people, and I show them how they can persuade other people so they can win. Mm -hmm. Mike drop. <laughs> so to the people who don't have someone who, you know, looks up to them and believes in them and kind of respects them and pushes them forward in life. And they kind of have had these dreams uh, and big goals, but it was kind of beaten out of them because maybe they had failure after failure and nothing's really working out. And now they're just like settled with 
you know, working a regular nine to five, even though they hate their job. Like, what would you say to those people? How would you get them re-inspired again to, you know, achieve their dreams? Because like you said, people truly want to be free and they had those dreams and now they're a little bit older and they kind of given up on them. What would you say to people like that? It's never too late to make a fresh start. It's never too late to live your best life. God does not intend for you to live like a loser. He intends for you to live like a winner. I wrote this book. It's called The Thought Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life. And it's about a fellow who works in a big corporation and hates it, wants out, wants to start his own thing. And this book is a blueprint. Start to finish on exactly how to do that. So if that's you, go purchase yourself a copy of The Thought Leader's Journey. Go purchase yourself a copy. Go on Amazon. Type in my name, Nikki Billu. Buy all my books, but especially buy this book and read it and take detailed notes. It's a plan. It's a blueprint to make that happen for you. But brother, you have got to believe in yourself. There are four qualities that I need to see in someone before I agree to allow them to apply to work with me. Mm -hmm. Quality number one, brother, is you've got to be decisive and committed. Mm -hmm. You've got to be decisive and committed. Rich people are decisive. They don't take time. They don't dilly-dally. They don't think about it. They don't have a seance with their ancestors. They're either in or they're out. Mm -hmm. Rich people. Poor people. I need to think about it. I got to get back to you. You know the story of Napoleon Hill, the author of the seminal book, Think and Grow Rich. Have you heard of the story of Napoleon Hill, Corey? Um, no, tell me about it. So Napoleon Hill wrote the most famous and best-selling personal development book of all time, Think and Grow Rich. It has sold mm -hmm. an estimated 160 million copies. <laughs> Just one or two, right? Yeah. <laughs> copies. Now, when he was a young lad, he got his start as a newspaper reporter. Mm. That that was when newspaper reporting was an honorable profession before it was all fake news and shit like it is these days, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. His editor, a venerable old man, managed to get an interview with him with the then richest man in the world, Andrew Carnegie. The founder of U.S. Steel. Remember this mm -hmm. over 100 years ago. That dude was rich, man. Mm -hmm. Andrew Carnegie come to America from Scotland with two pennies in his pocket. Literally two pennies in his pocket. And from there he became the richest man in the world. Carnegie Hall. U.S. Steel came from Andrew Carnegie. And then this man came to see him and they had an interview three hours long. And at the end of the interview... Andrew Carnegie said to him, Mr. Hill, I've quite enjoyed our time together. How would you like to spend the weekend with me at my estate? I would like to speak with you further, sir. Now, I don't know about you, Corey Figueroa, but if the richest man in the world met me and he said, Mr. Ballou, you know, I've quite enjoyed our time together. How would you like to spend the weekend with me at my estate? I'd like to speak with you further. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a yes, brother. I'm yeah, hell you sweetheart. Yeah. Watch the kids, yeah. all right? I'll see you. The, I'm, I'm hanging out with Elon. Me and Elon, we're we're chilling. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. All right. So, anyways, they had a great time. And at the end of their time together, Carnegie went to to, to Hill and said, Mr. Hill, I have a proposition for you, sir. How would you like to spend the next 20 years? 
researching and writing about my mm. personal philosophy of success. Now, here are the conditions. I will give you no stipend. That means no money. But what I will do is I will give you personal handwritten letters of introduction to the 500 richest and most mm. successful men in these here United States requesting that they meet with you as a personal favor to me. Now, Corey Figueroa, if Elon was hanging out with you for a weekend and he said, yo, 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 Corey, um, I got a proposition for you. I want you to spend the next 20 years researching and writing about my philosophy of success. And what I want to tell you is I'm not going to give you a stipend. I mean, it's no money. But what I am going to do is I'm going to email and text the 500 richest and most successful men and women in these United States and copy you on it, introducing you to them and asking them to meet with you as a personal favor to me. That, that, that is like, just, just think about that for a second. Yeah, that, Corey. Uh, think about that for a second. That's what he said. And then it took Napoleon Hill 31 seconds to say yes. And the rest is history. He mm. went, he interviewed those people and he wrote Think and Grow Rich and he became the most famous personal development mm. author of all time. A thought leader, a thought leader's thought leader. Mm. Now, 20 years later, he came back to visit with the great man one last time before he mm. passed this earth. Mm. And the great man, Andrew Carnegie, said to him, Mr. Hill, I have a confession to make. He was startled to a confession. He said, yes, all those years ago when you came to visit with me and I made that proposition to you, I had this watch here. He pulled out one of those old-fashioned watches, you know, that were big, that they, were, they had a pocket in there, you know, with the chain mm -hmm. and the gold. They were, like, yeah. really gorgeous-looking, but not super practical, right? So he mm -hmm. showed him, and he was like, damn, that thing must have cost $10,000 then, which meant it cost mm -hmm. a million today, right? Like, mm -hmm. I had this watch, and as you can see, it has a second hand. And I had it under the table where you couldn't see it. And I had given you exactly one minute to make up your mind. Mm -hmm. If you would take moment longer, a second longer, I was going to pull the offer. Wow. Dude. So Andrew, uh, I mean, Napoleon Hill is like freaking out. By the way, my dad's name is Napoleon too. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Nice coincidence and sidebar. Yeah. So he's going, but, 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 but he's like, he's like flustered. He's freaking. He's like, but, but why, sir? He finally blurts out. And he said, yes, why indeed, Mr. Hill? Why indeed, you tell me you've been studying my philosophy of success. Why mm. would I say that I would pull the offer if you hadn't made up your mind in 60 seconds? So he put his ass on the spot, right? Mm. And he's like, all right. So he's like, no pressure here, no pressure, no pressure. He goes, I got it, I got it, I got it. Because successful people are decisive people. Mm. He said, yes, yes, successful people are decisive people. Losers, mm. losers take their time. Losers say, I got to get back to you. I got to think about it. I got to mm. have a seance with my dead ancestors. My dog and mm. I need to have it. My wife and I need to have it. Losers think like that. Successful people go, yes or no, right on the spot. Mm. Wow. Losers. And he said to him, I asked four other people before you to do this. They were four of the most eminent educators, university freaking presidents. Mm. 
Now, I don't know if you saw, but there were three university presidents in Congress, and they they asked them, hey, man, can you can you say unequivocally that it's your university's policies that calling for the genocide of Jews is wrong? And none of them could come out and say, yes, that's wrong. They all said, well, it depends on the context. And because they couldn't, they didn't have the, this is university presidents, right? They can't make up their minds to say that two of them, two of them had to resign already, two of the four mm -hmm. of the three. I bet you the third one's going to resign eventually mm -hmm. as well. But yeah, that's these four university people. They never got back to him. They said, I need time. I got to think about it. Some of them got back, but way later than they said. And the other two never got back to him. He said, I knew they were the wrong people. Mm. Successful people are decisive and committed. They're Why yes or you, no information. Uh, and they say yes or no immediately. Mm. They just get the info. It's a yes or it's a no. If it's a no, they don't mess around. If it's a yes, they don't mess around. That's number one. You need mm. to be decisive and committed. You have to say, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm willing to be poor right now. I'm willing to mm. suck at selling. I'm willing to suck at leadership. Mm. I'm willing to suck at business development. But I'll keep doing it till I don't suck anymore. Mm. Till I'm just average. And I'll keep doing it till I'm not just average anymore. Till I'm actually halfway decent. I'll keep doing it. Till I'm not just halfway decent. Till I'm actually good. And I'll mm. keep doing it till I'm not just good. I'm a, I'm a master. And I'll keep mm -hmm. doing it till I'm not just the master, mm -hmm. but I'm the most iconic that ever lived. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm looking for in uh, someone I work with. Now, secondly, I'm looking for somebody who's coachable. Dude, you've got to take the coaching, man. You, If I come and I tell you, you need to do X to become a millionaire, to make a million dollars this year. And you go, oh, I don't know about that, Nikki. X sounds really mm -hmm. hard. I think I'm going to do mm -hmm. Y instead. Get the fuck out of here. Excuse mm. my French, right? Get lost and stay lost. You better be coachable. And then thirdly, thirdly, brother, you've got to be resourceful. You've got to believe mm. in coaching and be resourceful. Mm. Robin Sharma, mm. one of my mentors, the author of the – actually, I was one of his mentors. That's a, we, we flipped that around. <laughs> the author of the book, The Monk Who Sold Ferrari, said mm. to me once, Nikki, if you ever want to double your income, triple your investment in personal and professional development. Buy the books, hire the coaches, join the masterminds, attend the conferences, do the courses. Mm -hmm. I've done what he suggested I do. And every time I've tripled my investment in personal and professional development, I've at least doubled my income. And I'll tell you a story. Many years ago, I was married. And my then wife, seemingly out of the blue, said to me, Nikki, I don't want to be married to you anymore. And I was shocked. Maybe I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. I went into a spiral. You know, I, I stopped working. I wasn't making any money. I was sleeping on my mother's couch. Grown-ass man mm -hmm. with two kids sleeping on his mother's couch. I mean, you imagine how disgusting that is as a man? So a buddy of mine took pity on me, bought me a ticket to go to a conference. So I went with him. And brother, I saw this man do a talk. It spoke to my soul. At the end of the talk, I approached him and I said, hey, I'm Nikki Billy. I think I need to hire you. He looks me up and down and he goes, mm -hmm. uh, I need you to understand that my minimum fee is $5,000 for five hours of coaching with me. I expect to get paid upfront in full in advance. There are no refunds. Are you still wanting to coach with me? 
I was like, whoa, 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 I don't have five thousand dollars. Okay, I'm gonna give you some free coaching. I'm like, free coaching? Give me, give that to me all day long. Got free <laughs> coaching. Nikki's happy. Coaching, right? And he said, it doesn't matter how much money you have. I said, wait, wait, wait up, wait up. I thought you wanted five thousand dollars from me. So obviously, it matters how much money I make. And he said, son. I need you to understand something. I got 20 people lined up behind you waiting to work with me. And I told you my minimum fee was 5,000. I got programs that are 20,000, 100,000, 250,000. So your 5,000 doesn't mean very much to me. Mm -hmm. I don't need you. And then he looked me in the eye and said, but you obviously need me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck, he's right. Mm -hmm. And he said, it doesn't matter how much you have. He said, what matters is how bad do you want change? He said, you just told me that your wife has kicked you to the curb. You are sleeping on your mother's couch and you are making no money, correct? He said, and you you, you don't see your kids, right? He said, then how much longer do you want to put up with this state of affairs? A day, a week? A month, a year, a lifetime. I'm like, oh no shit. No. I said, okay, mm. dude, give me a couple days. I'm gonna come meet you at your office. So I got on the phone. Urgency, fierce urgency. And I mm. called up dudes. I was a fitness coach back then. I called up dudes mm. who I'd been talking to not said yes or no to me. They were indecisive, you know what I mean? Mm. And I called up and I said, Hey, I need to have a conversation with you. I said, but I said, listen, um, the two of us, we need each other right now. You're fat and you need to get fit. Cause if you don't, you're going to, you're going to get diabetes. Mm -hmm. You're going to probably have a stroke mm -hmm. and you're not gonna be able to live a good quality of life. You might even die. And the guy goes, yeah, you're right. And I said, me, I need money. I, I, I'm not allowed to see my kids right now. Mm. I need money so I can see my So I got a proposition for you. I'm going to get you fit in this program that I quoted you, half price. But here's the catch. Yes or no right now. Mm. And you pay me right now. If yes. So what's it going to be? The two guys said this. Mm -hmm. I got $1,000 each. Mm. I was pumped. So <laughs> I went to buddy's office with two thousand dollars and i dropped it on his desk looking like i was just proud of myself i just like preening two thousand dollars he looks at me and he goes yeah this is great son but i said five thousand mm -hmm. dollars i was so deflated when he said that i'm like oh i'm like okay okay i said i said to him hey man bill his name was bill his actual mm -hmm. name was bill i said bill <laughs> Bill, how many people have you told this story to that you told me? He said, over the years, I've probably told it 30 or 40 times to 30 or 40 people. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. that's, that's a lot. Goes, yeah. I said, well, besides me, who else ever came back with money? He said, oh, he was a little sheepish in his grin. He said, okay, you're the first. I'm like, I'm the first. <laughs> I go, shit. I said, dude, take my money. I'm going to sign a contract guaranteeing to pay you the rest in 30, 60 days, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. 
he agreed. And the rest is history because within six months, I made six figures. Mm. I went for broke, no money. And I paid him early. I paid him off mm. early. Mm -hmm. This is how bad do you want to change? So when I, when I mm -hmm. look to see if I'm going to allow someone to work with me, I want to know, are they decisive and committed? If they said, fuck it, I'm ready to change my life, my business trajectory. I'm sick of losing. Mm -hmm. I'm committed to winning. I'm willing to suck before I, I get good. Are they coachable? Are they going to take the coaching? Are they, are they not, not going to argue with me because I ain't got time for that shit? Mm -hmm. And third is, are they resourceful? And do they believe that they need to invest in themselves and coach? Mm -hmm. If those things are true, I, you get to apply to work with me. If those mm -hmm. things are not true, then you don't. Mm -hmm. Get the fuck out. Don't let the doorknob hit you in the ass on the way out. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, um, you know, when they are indecisive, it seems like when they have their initial, you know, thought process, it seems like they don't trust themselves like in, in their thinking. So like um, my friends, they'll call me when they have uh, an opinion or a choice to make. And I'm like, there's nothing that I'm going to tell you that's really like going to change your mind. Like you kind of know what you have to do, but you're just not making the choice. And I don't understand why people do that. Um, why, why don't they trust themselves? Look, man, we live in a time, brother, where you're not encouraged to be a winner. You're encouraged to be a victim. You know, the, the messages from society and the culture are it's not your fault because you're gay, you're black, you're Hispanic, you're from the Middle East, you're, you know, you're a woman, whatever. These, these stupid messages have been internalized by so many people so they don't trust themselves. They're not telling you, man, you're, you're, you're a fabulous, beautiful child of God, that you've been given all the tools you need to win. You're predestined for victory. You're highly favored by, by Lord Jesus himself. They don't tell you that. They need people like me to remind them of who they really are. That's why I come on podcasts. There's three reasons I come on podcasts like yours, okay? Reason number one is I'm looking to meet people and know people and have people know me that don't know me and to inspire them. I want to inspire them because I'm Nikki Baloo. I've got this, this energy that I bring. I bring this heat to every podcast interview. I go on, and when someone listens to me, they go, damn, this dude, man, listen to him. He's like, he's making me believe. He's making me believe. So I'm here to inspire people and make them believe. Yeah. That's my number one reason. My number two reason is for you. You have taken time and money and energy to put a podcast together, man. I, yeah. I honor you for that. That takes guts. Takes balls, cojones, bro. So I'm here to say, I want you at the end of this interview to go, damn, that dude, Nikki fucking Billu, that was the best damn podcast guest ever, <laughs> ever. I want that thought in your head. I want you going, when this is over, I want you like energized and going to your mom, to your to your girl, to, to all the people. I go, you just won't believe. I want you talking about this interview. <laughs> And I want, I want you to be, I want you to be not just happy, but thrilled that mm -hmm. you had me on the show. Mm -hmm. And the third reason is I'm a businessman, bro. Mm -hmm. This is the way I do business is I'm old school. I get to know people. Mm -hmm. I get to know people. They get to know me. We are spending half an hour, an hour together. Then mm -hmm. I have built a relationship with you. You built a relationship with me. I do business with people I have relationships mm -hmm. with. You're 
businessman. I'm a businessman. That's why I'm here. I want to build a relationship with you. Mm. Business relationships. So I have a, a triple purpose on every show I go on. Mm. And that's why I do this, bro. Mm. And because I'm, I'm like, I've been on over 500 shows since May of 2022. Mm. Wow. Saying, you think wow. I got this good by accident, bro? You think I got this good by accident? No <laughs> way. I got yeah, this yeah. good because I did the reps. Mm. Now, now, straight up, straight up, straight up, right? Mm -hmm. You look at yourself and you go, you're thinking to yourself when you're coming in here is he's got a little, he's he's a little cocky, right? But you're thinking, but he's good, man. That's what you're mm -hmm. thinking. You're, mm -hmm. This dude is good. He tells good stories. He's got good energy. He's engaging. I don't have to say much. Shit, dude. I wish all my guests were like this. You you probably had guests on your show. You're pulling teeth just to get them to talk, right? Mm -hmm. You're pulling teeth just to get them to talk. You rather have them on, you rather have me on. Of course you. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> yeah, your energy is uh fantastic. I've never actually experienced a conversation with this much enthusiasm uh <laughs> until now. Um but uh, you talk uh, sometimes about you know masculinity in the in you know in the world now. Do you think that the lack of masculinity in men today play a role in you know being a thought leader, or do you think those two do not correlate whatsoever? I don't know that the lack of masculinity makes one a thought leader. It doesn't make one a thought leader. I don't think they correlate. But one of the things mm -hmm. that I'm passionate about, and I'm wanting my thought leadership to reflect is helping me and men have masculinity. And I don't blame men, especially younger men like you for this. The older generation let you down. They didn't teach mm -hmm. you. The job of your parents and the peer group of, of folks in the society and the culture was to teach you how to be a man. Instead, mm -hmm. they're telling you being a man is bad and wrong and you're toxic and all that kind of bullshit. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm here to fill that void along with mm -hmm. a whole lot of other people that are doing what I'm doing. But I believe in young men. Young men are going to change the freaking world, man. Mm -hmm. I want to. I want to put fire in the young men, and I want young men to look at me and go, "You know that bullshit they're saying about masculine being toxic? That's crap." You know, and I, I also want young men to look at guys like Andrew Tate that are trying to say, "Oh man, yeah, man, look at me, I'm driving Bugattis, I got all this money," and go, "Yeah, there's more to life, more to being a man than that," because mm -hmm. there is a shit mm -hmm. ton more. I want them to look at me and go, this old dude, he's 56 years old. He's got some life experience. He seems like he's smart. He fucking likes and loves men. He's not against men. And he's he's going to say things to me that some of them I'm not going to agree with, but some of them I am going to agree with. And he's on my side. That's what I want. I want mm -hmm. 100 million men around the world to know my name, not to, not to know my name, not for me, because I'm nobody. I'm just a child of God, a servant of God's. I'm here to do his work, his purpose. But so I can help change the world and I can help those men bring out the masculine essence inside of them, my brother. Because all these men deserve that. All these men deserve to get up and sit tall and strong and proud, go through, the, through life tall and strong and proud and go out there, create a business for themselves, a career for themselves, mm -hmm. a family, a woman, children. A man should have children, kids. You mm -hmm. should have a wife. Mm -hmm. Man, it, that's why these dudes that just go, yo, man, girls are all this, girls are all that. Well, mm -hmm. wh why are they shitting on girls for? Why are they shitting on girls? It's not girls' fault. They were taught mm -hmm. a bunch of stupid bullshit by the world too about, mm -hmm. 
oh no, men are wrong and bad. No, back in the day, women were taught that being a woman, being a feminine woman with kids was a good thing. Now they're being told, no, 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 go work for some for some corporation. You're going to work for a man who doesn't give a shit about you, take your best years of life away from you where you could be like with a husband and a family and kids. Women, I'm telling you, I know so many women over the age of 50 that don't have kids or are divorced and they, they're, they, they feel horrible. A woman, as she gets older, needs her family, needs her, the progeny that she's helped put into the world. That's what gives her her meaning and her purpose and her power in her life. Mm -hmm. the world's trying to tell them oh yeah go get a job really because our ancestors sent the women out there to go hunt for the food in the wildebeest because <laughs> that's what they were built to do fuck that man it's our job as men to go hunt for the food and their job to raise the next generation which is as important if not actually probably more important than our job our job is necessary right mm -hmm. but their job is critical critical mm -hmm. so you know I'm here. I'm probably going to take slings and arrows, but I don't give a shit. God's on my mm -hmm. side. I'm good, man. I don't care. These mm -hmm. guys can say what they want about me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep saying what I'm saying. We want men to be men and women to be women, and we want to make our societies like that again. And we got to stop mm -hmm. these godless communists that are trying to turn us into pieces of shit that they mm -hmm. can rule and control. They make men weak so they can control us. That's what they're trying mm -hmm. to do. They want you not to stand up, not to fight back. Mm -hmm. You know, in Hawaii, they just mm -hmm. said, hey, no, no. No, uh, no, no, uh, no fireworks allowed. The people of Hawaii mm -hmm. gave them a double, double mm -hmm. finger, and they put the fireworks all over Hawaii for New Year's. Man, God bless mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. We stand up to these bastards. They're evil. They're pure and simple evil. That's How do you think we can get the the world back to getting a frame of mind like that, where you know traditional roles are enforced, not enforced, but just like. They just are and people you know appreciate it and understand that it's just a better way of life when people live that way how can we how grass can we get back there grassroots people like me putting a message out there i run a men's organization mm -hmm. man you Corey, should come check out one of our zoom meetings become there as my guest come learn about how to be a man i don't know how old you are you seem like you're a young man you're under 30 for sure right mm -hmm. yes 26. so you know you're 26 years old. Well, I want a man like you to be around some older men like us to show you some things that you probably haven't been taught by this fucked up world that we live in about mm -hmm. what it is to be a man. And some of it you're mm -hmm. going to like immediately love and some of it's going to piss you off, but you're going to need mm -hmm. to hear it. Mm -hmm. And that's a fact. And then have you come and learn and then maybe have you come and say, hey, man, I know two men. I'm going to help teach them. Each one teach one. That's mm -hmm. how we change the world at the grassroots because above the governments, they're against us. Mm -hmm. We can't count on that at all. Mm -hmm. All we need, and we can't count on big people getting lots of people, man. One man at a time. No man left behind. That's my motto, one man at a time. Awesome. I definitely am interested in that. Um, I feel like I've taken up plenty of your time. I do have more questions, but it's okay. I will uh, let you go here. I really appreciate your time. Uh, could you please tell people you know, where to find you? Yo, you're a business owner, go to ecircleacademy.com forward slash appointment and make an appointment to get on my calendar. And let's see if you qualify for my help to help you take your business and make it 100K, 500K, a million dollars or more in a year. That's the first place. If you just want to check me out, man, go buy some of my books or listen to some of my podcasts or listen to me on more podcasts like this. I've got two podcasts of my own. I've got over 600 episodes there. I've been a guest on over 500 shows. And I've written 10 books. So that's a way to check me out. But if you're serious, then you go 
John Paul McCallagher, eCircleAcademy.com forward slash appointment.